Hello, all our little Mogpies out there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again as we dive further into our own minds here on the Murder of Grey podcast. Uh, we are taking a little bit of a break from production here about a couple weeks. I will be out of the state, out in the middle of nowhere. So recording an episode is going to be a little difficult. But don't you worry. We are actually going to be looking back at one of our favorite episodes that we recorded here on Murder of Grey. And it's a very personal one to us. It's actually our own phobias, our own, you know, dilemmas, what, fear, what we're afraid of, uh, what gets to us. And, you know, it gives you a better understanding of who we are as people. It's a it's a pretty early episode for us. It was episode number 38, uh, which is quite a while ago, right? It's about over a year now. But, you know, we figured it would be a lot of fun to revisit this one for you. So why don't you guys sit back and enjoy this episode. Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. Hello, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Murder of Grey podcast. Now, today's topic is going to be one that tingles the spine, raises the hairs on the back of your neck, creates that, that blood rush to the top of your head, activates that fight or flight response. Today, we are talking about fear, fear itself, but not just any kind of fear. We're talking about the dumb fears, the irrational fears all those crazy things that whenever you hear them in the list, you're like, who can actually be afraid of that? And there are people who really are. And fear is a very interesting topic to really get into because there's so many things that we can be afraid of or, and maybe thinking about it that way is maybe not the right way to think about it. And throughout this episode, we'll probably evolve and change our concept of being afraid right because it's not just fear it's stress it's tension it's uncomfortableness it's all of those things kind of encompassed into one thing and that might help kind of better understand some of these weird or irrational fears that are out there that we'll be discussing today i think that's a better way of kind of putting it my yeah yeah so we wanted to kind of maybe start out by sharing some of our irrational fears or the fears that kind of we think are a little out there, maybe, right? So I'm going to challenge you. I want, how about you go first? Why don't you share your, your silly, dumb fear? And then I'll share mine that is just kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I figured I would do kind of a dumb one, and then I would do like a more serious one Yeah. Uh, after good. your like dumb one. Okay. But um, also just forewarn for everyone out there, like we're not making fun of your fears if you're afraid of, you know, of hair or something like we're not looking down on you we're just saying like this is interesting you know yeah yeah but um exactly it might come off as like comedy bit things here and there because some of these are kind of 
funny, right? But we're definitely not bashing anybody. No, no negativity here. We're just bringing some light to some interesting ones that we found. Honestly, every time I look at this fear of mine that I have, it's so dumb and I don't know what it is. Because eventually, you know, months down the line, I look back and do it and I'm like, why did I, why was I afraid of it so long? But Mm -hmm. calling people on the phone, Mm. I literally can't, like if I have to make an appointment for something, I'll just not do it. I'd rather drive to the place in person and make an appointment. Or do something like I don't know what it is, but I hate talking on the phone. You know, if it's someone I know and they call me, that's fine. But if it's me calling someone, it just feels weird. Like I feel like I'm bugging them. It worries me. Like I literally get like sweaty and like freak out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I'm like, this is so weird. And it's like, I feel like I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but like, why like this feels like something that's so like i feel like everyone talks on the phone yet here i am like i can't even make a damn call yeah it's just it's an influx of anxiety right it just it's so hard i know that we've kind of discussed touched on this one a little bit in the past too where it's just the idea of not being able to read the other person's emotions over the phone Mm -hmm. like you can tell from tone a little bit but if someone's hiding their true like emotions on it and I, I can tell you this happens a lot, right? Like, it, especially in a business setting or whatever, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times that I hear someone else, like, answer the phone, talk to somebody. They're sweet, cheerful, all that helpful. And then as soon as you get off the phone with them, it's like, oh, my God, that guy was a dick, right? Like, and the other person on the other line doesn't know how the person actually feels right so it's mm-hmm. it there is a lot of anxiety to that where it just makes life a little tricky and that makes making phone calls really tricky I, I mean i prefer face-to-face in my opinion but you know with my current line of work i have to talk to people across a lot of different mediums whether it's yeah. phone email discord chat voice time you know facetime zoom you know and all of those create a different sense of anxiety, but I think talking on the phone is probably the hardest one. But Especially it's... whenever you see it, go straight to voicemail, and you're like, wait, is their phone broken? Oh. Is it, what, you know? And that happens a lot at work, where I'm like calling people back for interviews, and then all of a sudden it just hops back over to voicemail. It's like, well, does that person even want this job, right? Like, because yeah. I know that the caller ID now just got updated where it says like my name <laughs> and they're the ones they apply to me. So I'm wondering, like, that makes me even more nervous and anxious because <laughs> I didn't oh, yeah, know that, that was really a, weird. Yeah, then. I didn't know it was a thing until one of the parents just answered the phone and said, oh, hey, Christian, how's it going? I went, um, you don't have this number saved. I've never called you from this number. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, thanks for calling. The caller ID said Digital Studio Christian. I went, oh, that's that's even worse. <laughs> 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 it's like, that made me feel horrible for a second. I'm like, wait, I just called someone and went straight to voicemail that I was applying for a job. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but, you know, they're lost, whatever. <laughs> like, for me, like, if it's something about work, like, it does, like, I'll do it. But I don't know. It's like reaching even out to a friend sometimes. I'm like, I want to call, but I'm like, I'd rather just text or something. Like it's, I don't know. And when it's business related, it doesn't bother me because I feel like I don't have to be like, 
oh, I don't want to be rude. I don't have to be like emotionally available for the most part. You know, it's like if I'm calling, I'm calling for a reason. But if it's like, if I'm calling with uncertainty, I'm like freaking out if I'm gonna like, if they're gonna blow up on me or so. I don't know. It's just, it's dumb. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, like at work, like if I have to like, call people about their order like it doesn't bother me at all but like if i have to call the doctor it's like when it comes to personal world war three coming yeah 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 Yeah, it's it's weird it's it's a tough one to kind of get over too and i mean that kind of pertains to both of our shared fears originally before this which is funny to say right because what are we doing (laughs) right and it's the fear of public speaking right and yet hmm. here we are every freaking week putting out a podcast <laughs> where we're talking to potentially a, a bunch of listeners that we have no idea who they are, what frame of reference they have, if they agree, if they don't, they think we're idiots, whatever, right? When we're still doing it <laughs> every mm-hmm. week, uh, twice a week, actually, because we have two shows. Like, so it's it's kind of funny that we have that, yet we still do this, right? Yeah. But I don't know. There's there's something in the the comfort of chatting with you, knowing you, and then I guess we share our conversations with the world. It's weird, right? It makes it easier. Um, it it's funny you say public speaking because uh, there was maybe about two, one the two years of my life where I was a public speaker for um. Oh really? The National Alliance of Mental Illness. Yeah. So basically, uh. And I would get paid for this. Um, it was by the hour, though, so it's not like, you know, a full-time job. But it was kind of like, oh, you're going to speak at this school. You're going to speak <clears throat> at this university, this hospital. like, And basically, they would give me an hour, sometimes two, depending where it would be. And I had to talk to these random people. And I guess this is where I got more comfortable talking in person because mm-hmm. before this, I hate talking to people. I, I was a person that just liked to be in my own world. I didn't want to be the center of attention. I didn't want to talk to more than one person at a time. And then I was forced into this. And because it was something I was passionate about, I think that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. And right. it's like, I had the knowledge on it. Like if I'm doing something and I have no knowledge of what I'm going to talk about in front of a group of people, like I'll freak out. Yeah. That's but daunting. Yeah. It's like with this, like, it pushed me and I don't know, like it, it came to the point where I really enjoyed that job more than most jobs I've had just because like one, I felt like I was teaching people, which was awesome. I love that feeling, but being pushed past something that like scared me for years, like felt so accomplishing that like, it just felt good to do. But I truly missed that job. The job was fun, but they had to like, they realized they could get a bunch more people uh, and make them volunteers and stuff. And mm. they could affect a bigger range. Cause I was like one of the first few people in the whole like orange County area to do it. And um, I mean, I can't keep up with that half the time. It was like, I would have to go to like all cross con- like County to talk. And I'm like, dude, like, it's just a lot of work after a while. You know, it's a lot of talking, but yeah. I don't know. I would love to have a public speaking job as long as it's like something I care about. Right. Exactly. But I can totally understand the fear behind it. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I had a massive public speaking fear where I mumbled like crazy 
for <laughs> my whole life. And this has helped me, you know, kind of tackle that mumbling, which is, you know, it, it helps. I still do it, but yeah. only whenever I'm either really tired or really stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the the monster uh, training, right? <laughs> the guy who tried to create <laughs> stumbling or stuttering. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. All right, so I'm I'm gonna share a fear with you guys. I'm gonna share a fear. Don't judge me, okay? And it stems from multiple things. I've really like really have thought about this, and it almost sounds like a joke fear, but. <laughs> Right. This thing fucks you up, though. It, it does. Like, and I think about it on a daily basis, which oh, is shit. pretty horrible, right? So, I'm actually terrified of dying in the bathtub, in the shower. Terrified really? of it, really? Yeah. So, and this is why. So that right there doesn't sound too, you know, too bad, right? Like, it's a, it's a com, it's a, it happens more than we think, right? Dying mm-hmm. in the shower. Well, my it does <laughs> yeah, it, it, a lot of people do actually. So, That's true. Yeah, but this is this is why I'm afraid of dying in the shower, and it's because I'm afraid of dying naked, and I don't want my loved ones to find me just naked oh, body splayed out in the bathtub, right? <laughs> and because all right, so it, we've talked about it before too. I talked about my body dysmorphia, right? And mm-hmm. that's really where this comes from. It's the, the fact that I'm so uncomfortable with my own body that me dying naked and having my loved ones find me splayed out all nude like that just sounds like the worst <laughs> thing ever. Like it it's a, it's like rubbing salt in the wounds of uh, like, you know, like I'm dead <laughs> looking at my spirit like, dude, fucking close your legs, cover your fucking stomach. Come on, man. And, and then my loved ones are in there like, oh, my God, you're dead. Oh, you're naked. <laughs> Like, I know that's not going to be the response. Like, no one's going to care about that when it gets to that point. But it's that's my my worst fear possible (laughs) is basically dying naked is my my horrible, stupid fear. (laughs) I mean, that's frightening enough, honestly, like exactly what you said. It's like I I'd feel weird if someone came up on my body and was like, Oh my god! You know, like yeah. it, I've actually thought about that before. I'm like, man, what if someone coming naked? And I'm just dead somewhere. Like, it'd be so. I don't know. It, it it would bother me. I mean, granted, I'd be dead. So at the in the end, I, I probably wouldn't be bothered. Yeah. But the fear leading up to it, I'm like, if I get in a situation where I die, I'm like, I need clothing on. You yeah. know, which sucks because it's like sometimes, like in the summertime when you sleep, it's like, what if I die in my sleep? Right. And I'm naked. Like, yeah. what the fuck? It, it's, it is a weird thought. And yeah, no, I, I actually really understand that. Because it's not like, like your loved ones are going to dress you before the paramedics come, right? Oh, yeah, not at all. No, like you're just going to be a naked body and then now everybody, it, it, okay, sure, yeah, like the paramedics and then the morgue, they're going to strip you down anyway, like whatever. But it's just the idea of like, oh, paramedics come, everyone's coming in. And it's like, just naked body. Just me. <laughs> I mean, they probably seen a lot worse. Probably, you, know, you like, know. I know they have. That's the thing. That's like I. Yeah. But still, yeah, I get it. For me, it's more so I'd, I'd be embarrassed if I came through it. You know, like yeah, there was two points in my life randomly I fainted, and one time I fainted while I was taking a pee. Oh no! And I woke up on the floor. You know, obviously like not zipped up, and like. 
my family was there like because they heard the big thump right of me falling over and i was like oh my god this is fucking embarrassing mm. you know like it it bothered me for a long time and then the same thing kind of happened where i was in the shower and i got really dizzy and i kind of like blacked out for a minute mm-hmm. and i woke up and like i guess because i had kind of fallen over you know my roommate like came in and looked at me and i was like you're looking at me naked like this is like yeah it, right? it bothered yeah. me to the point where throughout you know the months that i lived with this person i was like they saw me naked like i wonder what they like yeah are they weird out by me now and it's like you know deep down like they were more so probably worried about me but it's like fuck like it bothered me for so long yeah right like it's a fear that i think people don't think about but it's it's just one of those awkward ideas where it's like it's just it's an awkward social situation right and yeah it's God, I hate the idea of it so much. <laughs> and it's so dumb. It's nothing. It's dumb. But yeah, it's something I definitely need to get over. Now, before we start diving into some of the other strange fears that are out there, or maybe less common fears, right, is probably a better mm-hmm. way of putting it. Uh, I do want to bring up this philosopher, actually. So there's a ph- philosopher. His name is uh, Epictetus. And he actually studied fear itself. And he had some really interesting ideas about fear and about irrational fear, too, which I thought was really interesting. But his idea on it is that all fear is irrational. There is no such thing as a rational fear because all fear stems from one area, according to him. Right. We can dispute this and all that stuff. But he has the idea that. Fear is actually like all fears come back to the idea of lack of social understanding or awkward social situations like we just mentioned here. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking on the phone. That's just like it's not the fear of talking on the phone itself. It's the fear of like the lack of the social understanding from the other party. Right. Dying naked. It's the fear of the social situation of being found naked and being uncomfortable with how you look. Right. Like that's that's where this philosopher comes into play, where he says that all fear comes back to that, which I found really interesting. And Mm. I'm curious to think, see, because I haven't brought this up to you yet, but I'm curious to hear what you think about that thought process. I mean, it's plausible, you know, like, I feel like. Well, let's take a let's take another fear that might be more common, like arachnophobia. Yeah. Right. The fear of spiders, which I'm uncomfortable with spiders, 100 percent. And it's definitely one that I know I have, but it's like so many people heard comfortable with spiders so i i can see where this idea comes from where maybe most of my fear isn't just the fact that it's spiders it's the fact that being ridiculed for being afraid of spiders right or Hmm. even like a fear of heights let's say you're going bungee jumping and you're terrified of jumping but then you have your friends down at the bottom who are yelling at you like basically like hopefully words of encouragement but basically (laughs) saying like hey like just kind of get over it and just do it right just jump and yeah. there's that whole social buildup of I'm disappointing people who are under the, like, mm, at the mm-hmm. on the floor, but but really you're not disappointing anyone, right? But in your head you are, and you're having the internal battle of like why can't I just do this thing, right? 
so I, I can kind of see where he's coming from at that that point of view, you know. It's, it's a little it, interesting. The way you say that about the fear of being ridiculed, I think, is what kind of hits me the most about that. And it's like, you know, I think about it and it's like a lot of phobias and fears, you know, people will go and see therapy about it. And sometimes, or, you know, a good amount of people, they're able to work through it, either with like exposure therapy or other stuff. And it's like, to an extent, you know, you could theoretically get past a lot of your fears mm-hmm. you know like granted there's some out there that are obviously like there's n- in my opinion no way of like getting over it you know just because it's it'd be too powerful to think about right but you know it's it's definitely that feeling of like I think what you said about the fear of heights is probably the easiest thing to, to bring up because it's like people encourage you to do something. And if you say no, like, are they going to judge me? You know, it's kind of like, right. Kind of with the spider thing or something where it's like, you know, you see one and you're like, Oh shit. Like, like you, like you jump away, but then there's another person that's like, eh. Yeah. It's like, it's just it, a little you know? spider, right? Like don't stop freaking out, you know? And yeah. it's, it's that conversation that's like, uh, or like, um, Let's say skydiving, right? And you chicken out and don't want to go skydiving because you're afraid of jumping from a plane. It's totally understandable, right? Like, we're not supposed mm-hmm. to be jumping from planes. We're humans. We don't fly. <laughs> but, like, I can hear the conversations later at dinner or whatever, or whenever people are recounting the tale of them skydiving and just being like, oh, well, you know, Christian chickened out back there. He didn't do it. <laughs> he was too much of a wuss, right? Like, that, I think that the fear of jumping from the plane isn't just that part of like holy crap this is horrible this is uncomfortable i don't want to jump from a plane right like i'm afraid of heights it's the fear of the conversation later right Mm -hmm. of like having it being retailed as you being too nervous or afraid to actually do it yourself so I, i i think there is some merit to his idea of course like the it's not a hundred percent like a catch-all for all fears, I feel. Like we can make counter-arguments against what he says, of course, where like just having like a necrophobia, right? The fear of dying. That's, to me, that doesn't have any social like issues behind it, right? Like everyone should be at least, in my opinion, would have some sort of uncomfortable thoughts, maybe not like just straight fear of it, but at least be nervous about dying and i think being nervous actually is still under the same umbrella of being afraid Mm. of it right yeah maybe not to like the you know the crazy like extent where you're not going to do anything because you're now afraid of dying right but it's it's something that we at least it's like kind of in the back of your mind and i think that still lives in that same wheelhouse for me Something that I'm thinking about now, because I have to usually get through it on my own. Um, and sometimes I get like, you know, not in a mean way joked about, but, and it's kind of what made me bring up like kind of this episode in the first place was like with autophobia, right? Like the fear of being alone. Mm. And for me, I'll be at home, right? And this was more so a fear when I was younger. Like this, like really affected me when I was younger because where we lived, it was kind of like, it was like three floors of an apartment Mm -hmm. and um, it was like kind of in the woods. 
right? So it was like big forest behind you. And I don't know, like for me, if my parents and like if no one was home, right? And I was like, I don't know, seven or eight, mm-hmm. I'd be afraid because yeah, on one floor, I know what's around me. That's fine. But who's on the second floor or who's in the basement, right. you know? And it like freaked me out like as a kid because it's like the staircase leading down stairs was all dark and kind of freaky and there was a patio there that led into the forest so i'm always like what if someone got in like Mm -hmm. granted a kid shouldn't be thinking about this kind of stuff but like for me it bothered me to the point where i'd have to turn on tvs in every room i had to create loud noise all the time and like this loud noise like comforted me and to me nowadays it's not that bad like because you know i can kind of see the only entry point someone could really get into my place but there's still times where i'm like sitting in my living room and i know the bedroom's like completely pitch dark and no one's in there and i'm like i think i feel more comfortable with the light on you know like it's such a weird feeling and like I know like people get this feeling from like subliminal images where it's like, you know, a place they feel like they've been and it's empty. Mm -hmm. I don't get a fear of that, but if I'm in a place that's completely empty, like physically there, then I get bothered. Like I used to go to abandoned places all the time for like pictures or art and stuff. And there was always the fear in the back of my mind, like there's someone here with me. And they're going to hurt me, you know? And it's like, there is that fear for me of being alone, but like, I kind of just push myself to get through it every time. And it's like, it kind of makes you think about like these, like what he was saying, like you can get past it, you know, like everyone has to, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. it's fucking hard. It's, it's tough. I mean, autophobia is something that everybody deals with on some sort of level right i mean we are social creatures like we want to be around people and it could be manifested in very different ways right whether Mm -hmm. it's you just being alone in a space being uncomfortable or you not having anyone to talk to you on the phone right like it could be anything as far as that goes and so the thing is too is like normally like i'm fine like i'm a person like if i didn't talk to anybody for a long period of time i'm fine it's more so like i feel like oh what if someone like is here with me like there's a presence in this like building that's like not not someone i would want Mm. you know there was um i don't know there were situations where like that happened where there actually was somebody in here that i didn't know was but i mean that was more of like a really shitty incident Mm -hmm. but it it is weird like for me like i do like my silence but yeah it's more so like thinking like someone's in here with me that i don't know it's i don't know why my brain goes that way to think like that but it's like i don't know it's weird but it terrifies me sometimes yeah no, I totally agree. And a lot of these fears that come up are they can be stemmed back to some sort of traumatic event, right? Yeah. And that's usually where fear manifests itself. And I think it might be time to kind of dive into some of our interesting fears that we found. And mm-hmm. one of them stems directly from traumatic events because it doesn't seem like there's any other way to manifest this fear, right? 
And that is actually uh, electorophobia. So electorophobia definitely, like from all the definitions of it, it says that this is stemming from some sort of traumatic event that happened in your past. And electorophobia is actually the fear of chickens. So <laughs> on paper, it's the fear of chickens, right? That's basically what it just says. But when you really start diving into it, then the, there's a story behind it, right? If someone's mm -hmm. afraid of chick, come on, like if you're afraid of chickens just because, like that's a lot to kind of like. That's a lot to process. Yeah, that's a lot to process for not just the person, but for the person hearing about your fear, right? <laughs> like it, if yeah. if you told me that you had electorophobia, I would be like sitting here waiting, like, okay, is he going to tell me why? <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. like, is he going to show me on the doll where the chicken touched him? You know, like that kind of like, like where, <laughs> what, what event in your life led you to this <laughs> fear? And it's, it is definitely, I would consider it an irrational fear because what is a chicken going to do? Right? Yeah. I feel like someone told me. peck your skin off. Very slowly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, I mean, if someone told me they had like staying in the farm animal region, right? Like if someone told me they had a fear of pigs, I would understand that because pigs are fucking terrifying, right? They're brilliant and they'll eat absolutely anything. Like they'll eat a Where body. Where did the pig hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll eat the bones and everything, right? Like you're not going to be found. <laughs> like that's, that's, I, I blame the movie Snatch and like Red Dragon and all that shit for that, you know? <laughs> because man, like pigs can... They'll just eat like they don't care. You starve a oh, pig yeah. too long and guess what? Like you're food now. And so it's that I can kind of understand. But the fear of chickens, like I, if someone told me, I would definitely be waiting a beat for to hear the story of like, what happened, man? <laughs> like, like, where did you get hurt? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. so that's I think that's where that that fear is a little interesting. <laughs> it's kind of for a funny one. Not to be an asshole, but it's like, I kind of feel the way about anything people tell me about. I'm always like, why are you afraid of it? Like, not like, yeah. in a, not in a mean way, but I'm like, what? Like, exactly with the chicken. I'm like, I'd want to know, like, what the fuck happened? You yeah. know, like, it makes me so curious about some of the things people are freaked out about. And I just want to learn about it. Yeah. You know, exactly. It, it's so funny to see some of these. And I, not funny, right? Like we're <laughs> like it's it's hard to not bring up some of these rational fears and find the comedy in them. Um, and just so that people know out there too, like the way I deal with stressors is to make fun of them. So I, I really don't want people to feel like if you do have any of these fears that we bring up that we're making fun of you. That's just how I deal with stress. So I I, I apologize in advance if I kind of offend somebody. So. You know what a very common fear is that I think a lot of people can relate to nowadays? What's that? Nomophobia. Mm. The fear of being without your phone. Mm. How many times do you take your phone in with you to poop? <laughs> I thought that was a necessity. <laughs> That's why they made all those simple, like, quick games, right? It's because exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want a five-minute game on your iPhone? Guess what? Here you go. It's a poop game now. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I do have some games that I would only play while I pooped. <laughs> I feel like that's when I pull up next door or something. Like I, I'm just sitting there for like 30 minutes. Like okay, like we're gonna read some crazy gossip in my city. See, that's I think that's the big problem about. It. I did actually hear a conversation recently on a different show about like taking your phone in with you to poop, mm -hmm. and someone was like, "Dude, 
it, it doesn't take 30 minutes to poop right like you're not going in there to write a novel like you just go in poop get out like it's not oh, like yeah. a long right and but we're we've made pooping such a long endeavor now where it's like okay well you know there goes my 2:30 appointment cuz i'm going to go take a shit right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'll see Dude, you guys in an hour time. you know like it it's kind of crazy to think about that but it's true it's and I, I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. It's like, okay, like, all right, I feel like this is going to be a while, right? Like, let me go. I'll go to the bathroom and be like, actually, let me just go grab my phone. <laughs> and then I'll go back out, grab my phone, because I know I'm going to be in there for a minute. And then just just so that I'm not staring at a wall. I don't know. It's I, I think that you no, know, this phobia really stems from the like, I just like people don't know what to do with themselves when they're alone. I think that's what it is, because I'm also thinking about the bathroom, right? And it's like, I've the one time I was really curious and I timed myself, right? And like, I, don't get grossed out by this, people. But like, <laughs> you know, I thought about it. I'm like, well, this time I'm going to go without my phone and see what I do. Dude, less than five minutes, right? Yeah. Like, it, was, it was easy, quick, done, whatever. Bring my phone in and it really was 30. One time it was an hour, bro. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck was I doing in an hour? <laughs> Like, dude, the internet's not that interesting. But I got into this rabbit hole in there, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this video. And I didn't realize the video was 30 minutes long. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And my ass is like fucking like numb and shit. I'm like, god damn it. Like, this sucks. I need one of those little soft toilet seat covers, you know? Oh, but gross, dude. <laughs> dude, I went somewhere, and there was someone having one of those, like, plush toilet seats. I'm like, this is so gross. There's almost sweat on it. What's the phobia for that? That's my phobia. <laughs> Whenever I see one of those plushy toilets, I'm always like, I'll hold it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, it's crazy, though. Like, think about it. Like, there's times where you'll be like, oh, I got, I don't got time to do that. And it's like, no, just don't take your phone with you. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, oh man, this is going to, or you always have that, maybe that email response or that message that you don't want to do because you think it's going to take too long. That's whenever I would be like, okay, well, I guess I have time now. I'm going to be sitting here doing nothing. So I might as well respond to that email <laughs> on the toilet. Here we go. But yeah, it's, it's such a weird <laughs> But I, I agree, I agree with like, you know, it, it just has to be about being alone. Like, you know, like what better companion do we have instead of a person than our phone? Yeah. Basically acts like another person to an extent. Yeah. I mean, you can make the AI act like a person. Sure. You can talk to Siri the whole time if you want. You can have Siri sing you twinkle, twinkle, little star. Do everything. You can even have it sing lullabies while you're taking a shit. You know, like it does everything for you. It just doesn't bathe you. But that'll that'll come sometime. Yeah, down eventually the line. that'll be a thing. That's for sure. Okay. So, <laughs> jeez. Okay. This this fear. Okay. We've been, I'm afraid to go in the toilet without my phone. Yeah. What phobia is that? Right. Like I. Oh God. Yeah. We need to start making up phobias now because yeah. this is pretty funny. Okay, so this, I found one too that I think is a joke. Like, it almost feels like a joke because of the name of the phobia itself and mm -hmm. what it pertains to, right? Like, it, it, it's so ironic, but here, just bear with me as I try to say this phobia because it's silly, but it is, uh, okay, here we go. Hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia. 
<laughs> and that is actually the fear of long words. So it's just so weird that like the fear of long words is the longest freaking word ever. It's like 26 letters long or something like it's just insane. And the fact that like in the books, like in the psychology books, when it deals with phobia, this is what the people who determine fear of long words to be. So like it had to have been like a joke. Right. And it's so weird. But the thing is, is that like the fear of long words actually does stem from a very serious fear. And it actually, they they do mention in some guides too that um, the fear of long words can come from whenever children were reading aloud in class, which I always found as a very nerve wracking experience when I was a child, right? Or like, mm -hmm. let's say you have dyslexia and you're trying to read a long word, like that's a very difficult, stressful situation. So like the fear itself, I totally understand, but the fact that they put this name behind it is almost like a slap in the face to the people who have this social anxiety, right? And this definitely, I, I don't know if fear is the right word for this because it definitely feels more of like a social anxiety. But I guess that's where like everything kind of falls under the balloon or the, the umbrella of uh, social, of fear itself. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like that's more of like a social kind of fear, you know, because it's like, it's not like if you read it, you'd be afraid. You know, if you read it to yourself, but it's like the fear of being judged. So it kind of plays into that aspect. You know, it's like kind of going back. It's like a lot of these fears can be like two way. Are you actually afraid of the problem or are you afraid of people judging you about the problem? Right. And I think that's where um, was Epictetus, his mm -hmm. argument really comes into play. God, like, is that name real? Yeah. I think it's like a website, like Epic Tell Us, like tell us the story. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, kind of stupid science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a, I believe he was a Greek philosopher from back in the day. Oh, shit. Yeah. But that that's where, like, the idea of really of what he was saying, that fear is just a social anxiety. It's not actually a fear. All fears pertain back to that because it's similar to like, you know, you go to a therapist with whatever is bothering you. They try and dive down into the real root of the issue, which usually stems from some social situation that made you uncomfortable. And then now mm. like you can't you can't be comfortable with it. Right. Like I, I forgot the name of it, but there's a fear of vomiting as well. Right. And hmm. the with the fear of vomiting, there's actually a really interesting TED talk on it where a woman actually spoke about this. And she had the fear of throwing up so bad that she stopped eating because she didn't want any to have anything that she could potentially throw up. And then that hmm. that became anorexia and became so many other issues that came up with it. And she wasn't anorexic because of body dysmorphia. She was anorexic because she was afraid to throw up. And it, I guess whenever she was a child, like, I mean, throwing up is a horrible experience. Everything hurts. Like, I've actually pulled my groin throwing up so hard. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it's like, it's a traumatic experience, in my opinion. <laughs> 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 that shit hurt. <laughs> I bet. Like, I, I had the full, like, <laughs> I had the full back arch, like a cat freaking out, you know? And then all of a sudden, you just feel the pull. And yeah, I totally pulled my grind throwing up once. And I can totally understand where this woman is coming from. It didn't, you know, make me afraid of throwing up in the future. Now I'm very cautious with the way I throw up if I have to. Like, I try and really, like, 
untense my body as much as possible because I feel like I was really tense whenever that was happening because it was very like volatile. Sorry, listeners, this is very is a lot, but yeah, like that that fear is a real thing, and it led to some other horrible issues in this woman's life that she had to then get over, and it's very difficult. Hmm. Yeah, it's that's oh kind of frightening. Pulling your groin, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it hurts so bad. Because then now I'm in pain, but I still need to keep throwing up. And then you're afraid yeah. of the next, like, hoot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. Gosh, that was horrible. God, there was one on here that I found, and I was going to talk about it. Oh. Uh, well, I guess this could stem from something else, too. But it's called phobia, the fear of belly buttons, right? Mm. And the more I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, it's tryptophobia, right? Where their fear of, like, holds. Yeah, it feels like that, right? I mean, I would think it is. I mean, okay, like, if you're on the internet 20 years ago, oh my god, 20 years, mm-hmm. um, you've seen, like, the Lotus photo where it's, like, the oh, holes and yeah. the, like, it's unsettling. Like, I'm not afraid of them, but, dude, like, holes and things, like, it's just, it is kind of weird, you know? It's like, you expect little egg bugs in there and shit, like. It's funny, that's the one fear that I don't understand. That's the one fear that I don't get. I can understand them, but I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, Oof, it is kind of weird looking. Like my fiance, she has it. There's actually a picture of a lotus on, you know, the electrical boxes on the streets where people oh, paint yeah, them yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Someone did like a lotus bud that is just the holes. And she has mentioned it multiple times where like, oh, she's how is she, that down El Cajon? Yeah. Where she's like, yeah, I know what you're talking she's about. like, I hate this painting. Like, right. Because it's the xenophobia. <laughs> And <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, I just don't get it, right? Like, and that's, I, I can understand where she's coming from because I totally get that, right? Like, the holes, it can be little things in there you don't know and all that. And it it's a very interesting fear in my opinion. But going back to the fear of belly buttons, I, I feel like it kind of reminds me, like, I, I feel like a lot of people develop this fear after watching The Matrix, because whenever mm. he remember whenever the agents first grab him and they throw the little robot into his belly button and it just starts like oh, pulling shit. in and just running into him that way, like that freaked me out. Or like I know that some people are afraid of like the belly button opening up and like all of their shits spilling out. You know what? I've heard that too, right? Where it's like the belly button because it was attached to the umbilical cord, right? That was the thing that gave them all of their life, like having the um the belly button like rip open everything can come out you know like maybe if you have like an audi you know i always wonder like do if an audi gets clipped like does everything spill out (laughs) you know like i don't don't think i've ever met anyone with an audi belly button i have yeah it's like a myth (laughs) it's like sasquatch it doesn't exist yeah exactly (laughs) and then i wonder how those people who have the fear of the belly button to how they felt about kyle xy (laughs) <laughs> that oh, really shit. horrible show <laughs> man yeah there's some interesting ones and actually i think there's a fear that is becoming at first it's like okay you're just lazy or kind of silly right but i feel like this fear is becoming more prevalent and more common now in our current global climate with covid if you're a peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. No, it's uh, ergophobia, the fear of work. 
oh, fuck, yeah, I've had that fear all my life. Right? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> fuck. But, like, I, I feel like it, it originally it pertains more to, like, fear of burnout, fear of social situations and work, fear of, you know, not uh, performing the task uh, to what, like, you know, to the level that you're supposed to, making people disappointed. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the fear of work itself. But I think now we have to even include the fact that, like, the fear of becoming sick, right? And then making mm -hmm. other people sick in your life, too. Like, it's uh, ergophobia, I think, is becoming more and more of a commonplace thing where, like, sure, like, you can say, oh, the people who don't want to find jobs are just lazy, especially during the last couple of years, right? Like, that was a common thread. It's like, dude, just go get a job and then you'll be fine, right? You'll be able to pay mm -hmm. your bills and everything. But they're afraid for their lives if they have to go yeah. back to work. And it's a, it's a totally, that is a totally rational fear. Whereas like a few, like 10 years ago, I would have looked at ergophobia and been like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like you're just like, go to work, you know? But yeah. now I can kind of see where the validity behind it is. I knew someone who was afraid of working like a job that was like, you were an like basically you'd be stuck there for like eight hours, right? Like they they did gig jobs, right? Like where they did something for like an hour or two or three, you know, and that was it. Mm -hmm. But they like I don't know if they were afraid of working a real job, but they were so hesitant on ever working a normal person job. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. how are you able to work and you know, how are you able to afford everything with just barely working? Like they weren't doing anything illicit if people are wondering, like, how are they making their money? But like, I'm just like, these gig jobs don't pay that much either. And they weren't living with their parents. So I'm like, were they bullshitting you? Were they actually working a job? Not telling me, but it's like, it was just weird. Right. Like, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, more so I just don't like my job. So that's why I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go. Yeah. But I mean, it, I know this stems more on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I can understand a lot of these fears. It's more so I just don't get afraid of a lot of things, but I understand it. You know, like leaving the house, like I'd be so happy if I could just stay home all the time. Yeah. Never have to leave because everything I like is at home. You know, the only thing I would miss is maybe like going for a walk, but I don't know. It's like a lot of these fears, like make, they, they make sense, but going back to what we first said i just want to know like what how people got afraid of a lot of these things yeah yeah it always comes back to some sort of social situation some sort of anxiety that the person has in their life right and there's mm -hmm. a story behind all of them and i think that kind of leads to the last one that i want to bring up and maybe it's a good way to kind of close things out but it, it pertains to all the things that we talked about all of these fears we've feel like we can kind of bring them back to some sort of story, some sort of event that happened in their lives. And one of the most interesting phobias out there, in my opinion, is phobophobia, which is actually the fear of phobias. It's the fear of fear, right? And, and that definitely has to strain from a massive sense of anxiety, so like everyone who has panic attacks over basic social situations or just anything that can set them off, they can have phobophobia where it's just they're so anxious about life itself that anything can trigger them. 
And that's kind of a really scary thought to have. It's a very difficult thing to deal with. And anxiety is very tough to deal with. I know we've talked about anxieties on here plenty of times. And we talked about them a lot today, you know. And mm-hmm. But our anxieties stem to something very specific. Now, imagine having just a blanket anxiety of life itself. Like, that sounds so daunting, so hard to deal with. And I, I have loved ones who deal with panic attacks regularly. And I, I just... I feel so bad for them because it's so hard to just live or to understand any situation. Like think about playing every situation you've ever been in over and over and over in your head that just leads to this weird obsession about how it could have gone better, right? Or like trying to gauge how did that person actually feel about what they said? Did they mean what they said? You know, there's a lot behind that and it's really, it's a lot to deal with. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. We hope you guys enjoyed our little dive into Irrational Fears. And once again, we really have to say that we are not poking fun or being offensive or trying to be offensive to anyone who has these fears. This is more of just bringing to light some of these fears. And I think the idea of or the naming convention of it where it's called Irrational Fears is probably not the right way to put it, right? No fear is irrational, in my opinion. All fears no. come from somewhere. So I think that's the big like area in which where Epic or Epictetus was, you know, he says that all fear is irrational. I think that all fear is rational because it stems from something. Like, yep. So I, I think that's our, my big, or maybe our big, uh, you know, disagreement with what he has mm-hmm. to say. But he did have some good points as far as it coming back to social situations, which I do agree with. But anyway. So we will talk to you all next week with the next episode and next set of Moral Dilemmas. Bye for now.